Welcome to our F3 podcast where we discuss all things that are pertaining to faith, family, and finances. All right. And remember, no subject is off limits. So we're your host today. I'm Dr. Lionel M. Blair Sr. And I'm sitting next to my righteous, found another one for you, glorious, perfect, wonderful wife, perfect. And all her ways. One, the the main reason why I have seen her. <laughs> Stop. Because she gave me a junior. Stop. Bless the Lord. <laughs> My wife, Dr. Jasmine Blair. So we got a good one for you today. Uh, we have um, a controversial one today. But hey, those who know us know that we'll talk about anything. Okay. Yes, indeed. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the F3 podcast. Be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you'll be notified when we premiere our, our next episode. I mean, people have an imagination. I mean, if what? you say you were a senior, then, I mean, they kind of know you got a junior. Part of life. Yeah, you did to add the extra detail. I mean, inquiring minds can... I mean, I won't even, I ain't even go there, but I mean, I know other people's minds will go there. <laughs> you but... know, keep filling the blanks. I mean, I mean... <laughs> so, to, if you didn't see our last episode on helping the house, the homeless versus the household, make sure you watch that. It's a great dynamic dialogue that we've had. Um, about helping the homeless people on the street versus helping your brothers and sisters in Christ in the household of faith. And some of the pros and cons and some of the dynamics that go along with that that we don't really talk about in the body. So make sure you go back and watch that episode as well as the rest of the F3 podcast season one so that you can get caught up on all the episodes. Welcome to all our new subscribers. We're so glad you're here with us. Thank you for your continued love and support of the show. But today we're going to talk about spiritual parenting, and this is such a meaty topic. Yeah. Uh, we definitely have to break this up into two parts. Uh, we've been seeing the resurgence, so to speak, because you know it kind of dies down and it comes back up, and then it kind of dies down and comes back up. So we've been seeing the resurgence of the debate on whether or not spiritual parenting is biblical. You know, do you need spiritual parents to reach your destiny? You know, why that's weird or perverted. I've seen some people say, you know, you should you should just people's job should be to just help you get to Christ. And that's it. And so we're going to talk about some of this today. Mm -hmm. um, we're definitely going to go through some biblical things. Talk about, you know, what to look for in spiritual parents. I mean, what if you're going to esteem somebody and hold somebody to that place, what type of qualification should they have? What the, should their character be like? What type of person should they be like? So we're going to talk about some of these things today and really kind of bring some balance to this and some understanding to the body. So I'm going to go ahead and kick this one off to you. Well, spiritual parenting, you know, I, I can, I, I can, I can hear some people now saying, well, you know, you don't need it and it's not that serious. And, you know, but I mean, it's a hot topic in the Bible and uh, we can see the examples of, mm -hmm. of spiritual parenting from the old Testament to the new Testament. Okay. Um, I, I think, I think, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into this, you know, probably later, mm -hmm. but I think it's the abuse of spiritual parenting, uh, that, that gives people a sour taste. That's because we don't understand the purpose. Mm -hmm. We just want the position, the abuse and the rebellion. Right. <laughs> right. 
So people just want the position mm -hmm. of a parent. That's good. But they don't understand the purpose of a parent and the responsibility. Yeah. Okay, of a parent. Because just like in the natural, you're responsible for your child. We are responsible for LJ and Priscilla. Mm -hmm. So there's a level of responsibility. And I notice that people want the title. They want to be called dad, mom, pops, and all this other stuff. <laughs> but then when it comes time to do what a pops should do, <laughs> you know, uh -oh. you on your own. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, a lot of people say, well, you ain't supposed to call nobody father. Jesus said call no man father. Let's go to that scripture. Yeah, let's okay. deal with that. Let's I think that's that's the first thing that I hear a lot of people say. Well, I'm just confused. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know what my Bible say. And my Bible say don't call no man father. So I'm just, you know, I'm trying to understand the principle. I'm trying to get with it and see if this whole thing is biblical. You know, I may not know everything, but I know what my Bible say. But why do these people think that my Bible say something that, that everybody else Bible don't? <laughs> no, see, the, the problem is you are you are illiterate concerning your Bible. I know what my Bible says. You know what your Bible says, but you don't know what your Bible means. Okay? That's because you don't understand context. That's right. Context. So to understand context, you have to understand who's talking, who are they talking to, why they're saying what they're saying. Right. And the cultural background during that time. Okay. And the languages and, and the language that they spoke. Okay, a lot of times the Bible uh, uh, spoke uh, uh, in parables, mm -hmm. idioms, and things like that. You, you, you got you to gotta study all that. You can't just know what it says. You got to actually know what it means. Right, <laughs> right. And that's, that's why God say things. And then uh, it's just like, okay, what happened? No, 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 no. You heard what he said, but you didn't know what he mean. Because mm -hmm. God ain't going to change how he talk. You just exactly. need to learn to interpret what God mean when he says certain things. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's a whole other prophetic class I just gave y'all in like one minute. <laughs> so Matthew 23, dun, dun, okay, it says, Jesus spake to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Mm -hmm. All therefore whatsoever they bid you to observe, that observe and do. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. First of all, he's basically saying here concerning the scribes and Pharisees, they said Moses. In other words, they the ones that have the authority right now. All right. And I think later on, we'll, we'll see too, uh, we can see too that they actually had the kingdom. That's why Jesus said the kingdom will be taken from you and given to another that will produce his fruits. Mm. Okay, so so they was in authority during the time, and Jesus said, "Hey, do what they say and teach. Just don't do what they do, because they're hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Some people preach the truth, and that truth will get results. Yeah, but just don't follow them mm. because they're not even doing all of what they preaching. Mm. Okay, anyway, because mm -hmm. they know what they Bible say, but they don't know what they Bible mean. Exactly. <laughs> it says for they, and then." He, he's talking about the scribes and Pharisees. Remember, subject. The subject is he's talking about the scribes and Pharisees. He's talking to the multitude and to his disciples. Mm -hmm. You got to keep that in mind. But he's talking about the scribes and Pharisees. Yes. Got to understand that context. It says, for they bind the birds and grievous to be born and laid them on men's shoulders. 
but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. All right. Still talking about the scribes and Pharisees. It says, but all their works they do to be seen of men. Mm. And they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Mm. So they can't just wear a regular robe. <laughs> okay, they got to add a little extra flair to it. <laughs> they can't wear regular vestments. They got to add an extra little flair to it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they love the utmost rooms at feasts and chief seats in the synagogue. And greetings here. Pay attention. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, and greetings in the markets. And to be called of men, rabbi, rabbi. See, these are the people that go to the grocery store, holler about they're an apostle or somebody's bishop. You can't just go buy your bananas and your Cheerios and your loaf of bread and go home. You, you want the people in the grocery store, oh, apostle so-and-so, is that you? Bishop so-and-so, oh my God, God bless you. Buy your stuff. I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time one of our spiritual daughters who was a supervisor Okay, so they they hired a lady, right? They they hired a lady, and um, you know sometimes people have nicknames. So you know what, what do you want to be called? Because you want to be relatable to the customers, right? So the lady wanted to be called Pastor Sabrina, and they was like, "Uh, we can't call you that." Not at work. No, not at work. She wanted to be called Pastor Sabrina at work, and Lee needless to say, she don't have a job. <laughs> she wanted to be called pastor at work. Listen, when I'm in public, hey, what's your name? Lionel. <laughs> Lionel. You know, and then they start talking to me. And then sometimes I get the question, what do you do? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm 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 in the business. Uh and and you know, you know, I'm a pastor. Oh, you oh, I didn't know you was a pastor. I'm like, man, man, listen, my name Lionel. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all good. I ain't your pastor. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And I use the word pastor because that's what people are familiar with. Right. As long as you spell my name right on my chat. Bless <laughs> God. Bless God. You know, so, so yeah, you know, uh, uh, but, but these guys, these guys were ridiculous. They wanted to be called by every lofty title there was. Now it says, be ye not called rabbi. He talking to the crowd and his disciples, right? Be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. Call no man your father upon the earth, mm. for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. He's addressing pride here. Okay, and said, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Now, contextually, mm -hmm. and then because he starts rebuking the Pharisees and scribes, this whole chapter this is, is what dedicated. It means now. This is what it means, not what it's saying, what yeah, it means. This whole chapter is dedicated to the rebuke of the scribes and Pharisees. Mm. So he was talking about the Pharisees, okay, mm -hmm. when he said, Whoa. Right, he was talking about the scribes and Pharisees when he said no. People don't realize that woe was like a cuss word back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it goes into all these woes. But he was saying, "Call no man master." He talking about these people. Mm. Call no man father. He talking about these people because he said, "Call no man father upon the earth." Okay, 
So he's talking about these people. Now, if that if 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 that meant every father, okay, y'all being sinned right now for calling your dad dad, mm. your natural dad, dad, right? Paul would be in direct violation. And with his encounters with Christ, he's not going to directly violate, okay, the commandment of the Lord if this was actually if, if if this actually meant how we interpret it as. See, the problem is we don't know how to study, we don't know how to interpret. All we do is we take it something for face value, mm -hmm. okay, and say this is what it is. That's why some of y'all believe an actual beast will come out the dirt and see that beast symbolize something, <laughs> okay. All right, so 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 that's why you some of y'all think the mark of the beast gonna be a darn chip, but we ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> all right, because uh, I can I can I can use history on you right now, but I'm not gonna do it. All right, I'm not gonna go there. Another so time, another so time. so when it says call no man your father, he's talking about these boogers here who demanded to be called father. <clears throat> okay, let me say it again. Mm. He was talking about these people who demanded. To be called father. Mm. So contextually, if you if you're around people who demand to be called dad, don't call them that. Mm. If you join a ministry and they say, "Call me dad," and like it's mandatory, you're gonna get rebuked. Like you don't have the option yeah. to say pastor or prophet or apostle or whoever. Yeah, because yeah. because you won't dress me by my office now, but. You don't have to call me dad. And Jesus specifically addressed rabbi, master, and father because these are the main things these guys demanded to be called. And when they was out in the public, they wanted to be greeted as such. People forget Jesus was a rabbi. Yeah. Jesus was a rabbi. They called him rabbi. Okay. So See, that couldn't have been what he meant. Right. Because he let people call him rabbi. They called him rabbi all the time. Hmm. Jesus also referred to himself as the father. He told Philip, he said, when you see me, you've seen the father. Because they was looking for the father. And Jesus was like, okay, I'm a father figure right here. You understand what I'm saying? So he addressed himself as a spiritual father to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, uh, 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 so, so, so you got rabbi, you got master. They called him master all the time. Mm. They called him master all the time. So obviously... Is not what you think it means. Right. Or else Jesus would be contradicting his own self. So when it says call no man father, number one, okay, we just settled this argument right here. When it says call no man father, he was talking specifically about these men because they're desperate. Boom. Now, let, let's take a look at, at Paul, you know, because we see in his writings, especially in his writings to Timothy, who he calls his son in the faith, his son in the gospel, that Paul was a spiritual father. Yeah. So if we're even just reading what the Bible says, I mean, he says, you know, my son in the faith, my son in the gospel, who I've begotten through the gospel. He, he formed, he birthed him through a process. So obviously it's something that's biblical. If you read the Bible long enough, these are passages that you'll come across. So how can you see this, but you don't see where Paul refers to Timothy as his son in the gospel and his son in the faith. And I want to point out something too. Timothy was saved before Paul. Mm. Woo! Because Timothy, historically, 
Timothy was one of the 70 that Jesus released. Come on now. Yeah, you'll have somebody argue with that, but we'll, we'll talk about Timothy that was day. younger, but he was saved before. Argue with Paul. yourself in the comments. Come right, on. Amen. So, <laughs> so it, it, you know, because I hear people say all the time, well, you got these, you got these 50 olds called these 30 olds dad and all this other stuff, you know. And of course, you know, you know, we we, we are in our 30s and not ashamed. Okay. And I lead, we lead people from their 20s to their 60s. Okay. To the, to their 70s, actually. You so, gotta put my age out there like that. Yeah, I, I you, said 30s. Yeah, but you know, as a lady, you said 30s. 30s are a good age, you baby. Know, they, they don't need That's a good age. I don't keep touching me like that. I'm, I'm timeless. What? What? You, you're rubbing me off soft. No, and... no. Your sweater is soft. Yeah. But, but so is your hand. Don't know. We flirt like this. My, my age is timeless. I am timeless. That's how. I'm ancient. I'm timeless. I'm ancient in the time, spirit. Timeless. But that's <laughs> not the point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, 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 timeless. But I, I, I just wanted to point that out because people say, you know, well, you know, you, you got to be, uh, you got to be, um, you know, a certain age to be. Now, I don't believe in the 20-year-old spiritual fathers. I don't believe in that. Okay, you need some level of experience before you start trying to claim you're going to be somebody's spiritual father. However, yes, you don't got to be an old geezer either. <laughs> okay, I'm just, you know, no, no extra seasoned. Yeah, no disrespect to old people, but you got some extra old... season. Yeah. You 85, 90, you, you might want to go ahead and pass that on to somebody else. You should else. be a patriarch. At, at 85, 90, <laughs> you, you don't want to still be going through the hustle and bustle. At least I would hope you wouldn't want to be going through the hustle and bustle of pastoring like you were in your 20s and 30s at 85 and 90. You should be enjoying the latter years of your life, your success, um, and what you've accomplished. 8590, I'm gonna be chief emeritus. Okay, I've been emeritus five times over. Chief emeritus. Imperial chief arch emeritus. Stop! I'm gonna be the arch emeritus. Okay. You gonna have these people down thumbing this video. <laughs> okay. They, they get down thumbing, that's fine with me. But so, oh, so that settles that argument right there about Cardinal Man Father. Now, let's talk about the dynamics of who is or who isn't a spiritual parent, right? Mm -hmm. Because now, you know, part of this whole debate of these people's turn off or disdain with spiritual parenting is because you're literally, we're seeing everybody and their mama come forward now. Oh, I'm a spiritual parent. You know, you squirt out one healing. All of a sudden, you somebody's spiritual mother. You're an evangelist, but you somebody's spiritual dad. You know, you, you, you start a church, you got... You got three members. Three. You a spiritual parent. Wait, wait, hold up. Wait a minute. So, so the, the little three members, the whole church, uh, uh, is your spiritual children. Something that that ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. It's just like, hold on. Wait a minute. Excuse me. But you know, people have gotten to they've they've casualized this. Yeah. You know, and people are trying to to make this just a, a thing that anybody can do. And I believe part of our responsibility in, in bringing the apostolic balance, everybody can't be no spiritual parent. Everybody's not called to be a spiritual parent. In fact, most of these people that are out here saying that their spiritual parents are I'm not. They want something to do. They're bored. They're lost in their purpose in the management of their life. 
you know, contact us, get with me. If you need some type of counsel, you need some type of direction, you want to know what's next for you. But that don't just mean you just start calling yourself a spiritual parent because you're bored. You know, that that's not something that you want to do. So let, let, let me go over there. Let me, let me help somebody. You know, yeah. if you have a congregation that is growing and you are raising disciples, that does not make you a spiritual parent. If you read your Bible and you will see, even as Jesus commissioned the 12 and sent them out, they had disciples of their own, but that didn't make them spiritual parents. That's part of you being in that role of, of a trainer and a teacher and raising people up in the Lord, growing them in Christ. Helping somebody grow in Christ does not automatically make you a spiritual parent. Um, having a large following doesn't make you a spiritual parent. Having more than one church doesn't make you a spiritual parent. Writing a book, holding multiple degrees doesn't make you a spiritual parent. Uh, Being a bishop. That doesn't make you a spiritual parent. <laughs> having teachers and trainers and schools and boot camps, none of these things automatically make you a spiritual parent. But I see these people get a following or they have a powerful healing video that, that you know, circulates. God, the power of God moves. Somebody was blessed. All of a sudden, you start seeing people just pop up. Dad, mom, dad, mom. I'm like, okay, what? You heal one person and now you're a spiritual parent. Dad, mom, you ain't even been in the same room with. But you don't even know what your Bible say. But but, <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're a spiritual parent. Like no, we can't do that. And and there are some people who've made a mockery of this in the body. I mean, I just on social media sometimes I just cringe. I I look at these people's incompetence. They don't know the Bible. And then for me, some people, oh, so-and-so is my spiritual parent. Okay, how often do you, if you talk to them twice a year, that's not your spiritual parent. Especially if you are a leader. You have no relationship with them. You, you never travel to see them. They never travel to see you. They're not investing in you. You don't have nobody's phone number. Y'all can't get on Zoom, FaceTime, uh, uh, Facebook, something. The WhatsApp, you should be able to have a regular conversation with them at some point. Come on now. How is it that, but see, you know what though? And, and this just came to me. Our generation is, so, and, and it happens with everybody, but I got to uh, address our generation. We're so broken. Half these people don't know what a normal relationship with a parent, what a natural parent is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, a spiritual parent. I mean, there's more people in our generation that have come from broken homes, you know, divorced families, not knowing their parents. How are you going to know what a, a relationship with a spiritual father or mother is going to look like when you never knew your father or you you had to spend time here with a father, there with a mother? What Your whole understanding of what's normal is dysfunctional. And this is why some people think this little bit of time, these weekend spiritual parents, these once a month spiritual parents is normal because that is your template. That is in your mindset of what a relationship with a parent is like. Anybody who can't commit themselves to you, if you have an emergency, if they can't call you back, if they can't have somebody else call you back, if they're not available, that is not a parent. That is somebody who wants control in your life with vegetation rights when it's convenient for them. Uh-oh. 
because a real spiritual parent, they're going to drop what they're doing to come see about you. If they can't get to you, they're going to send somebody else to come see about you. They're going to reach out to you. You'll have some type of way to get in contact. They'll be able to share in your life and not just excited about how much or how little you preach or how much or how little you give, but they're committed to your development and your destiny. And they are committed to ensuring you complete the will of God and the assignment of God on your life to the point where when you go on, you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. They're concerned with making sure that you are the faithful, good servant that God has called you to be and not just convenient for helping them grow their own name. A lot of these people that in their mind and their connection and their covenant, they're somebody's spiritual child. But unfortunately, on the other end, they're just a, another groupie and another follower to help them make a means to an end. And it is sickening. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, and, and, and see, when you are a parent, you have that's a different level of relationship. I read Paul, even how he writes the churches and how he addresses Timothy. Yeah. It's yeah. from even though he was rebuking them, he would chastise them, but he also addressed them from a place of intimacy. Yes. If you read Paul's writings, the way that he addressed the churches, the way that he felt about them, you understand, you know, it was beyond just a teacher-student relationship. It was beyond that. Okay, it was it was more it was more heartfelt. He said, "Out, we pour our very souls into you." We don't understand even that dimension, you know, of of spiritual parenting, where a leader pours their entire life into you. They're so committed to you; they give their lives to you. They give their lives for you. You understand? Most leaders are not most leaders don't have that kind of heart and that kind of desire and that kind of uh uh, uh a yearning yeah you understand what i'm saying for the people mm -hmm. that they lead you understand that is a special connection that is a special connection that's felt in the natural and in the spirit you have to experience that okay in order to be able to even articulate it Mm -hmm. All right. It's it's a it's a whole experience. And I find that many of us, again, we have the title, but we don't walk in the reality. Mm. We don't walk in the reality. I know the ones that we call sons and daughters, you know, and the one I mean, it's a special it's a special thing we got. Yeah, and of course we 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 relate to all of them differently, but nevertheless, it is a, our relationship is special. It's beyond church. That's it. It's beyond ministry. You know, it it is is I I do life with these people. You understand that? You know, and uh, some 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 of y'all leaders who say you got coverings and stuff, you don't even know them beyond ministry. Ooh. You ain't you ain't even been to your spiritual father's house. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, you don't you don't even have his phone number. Mm. Huh? I'm talking about if you a leader. Because I understand there's different dimensions of fathering. You father a congregation, like yes. Paul did with uh, the church of Galatia. Obviously, you can't give a whole congregation your phone number. And uh, no. <laughs> or else or else the phone will blow up itself. Mm -hmm. All right. 
so so you have go between you 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 but you make provisions for them you know and you also have time where you make your presence known where you invest in your presence and in your impartation but then you know you you have spiritual sons and daughters and then you have sons and daughters in the faith like you had Timothy um, and Titus, these are prototype sons and daughters that can represent the father to the rest. Okay, and I can show you that in scripture in a minute. But you can you have prototype sons and daughters called sons and daughters in the faith. Okay, where they um, um, uh, uh, they're able to represent their, their their spiritual father, you know, in 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 representation and in doctrine and in and example and all of that. Okay, so uh, and and I think again we confuse we confuse um, um, mentorship mm -hmm. with parenting. That's good. Okay, and be, because see, we think automatically because we're a leader, we're a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, every leader is not a parent, and according to scripture, which I'm going to show you right now, First Corinthians four, I'm going to show it to you. First Corinthians chapter four. All right. First Corinthians chapter four. And it says, verse 15, it says, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet not, not many fathers for in Christ Jesus, I've begotten you through the gospel. Okay. And wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause I sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So you see, he's telling the church at Corinth, pretty much, y'all, you, 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 there's a lot of mentors, a lot of instructors, there's a lot of preachers, okay? But there's not many fathers in, the, in, in, in this generation, all right? He says, uh, but, but he says, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. So in other words, he, and he always had to remind these people that he was their spiritual father. You notice that he always had to remind him. Mm. They were always defying him all the time. They gave Corinth was the most gifted church, but they were the most problematic. Problematic, hard-headed, hard rebellious, nasty. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and the most perverted. Mm -hmm. But uh, then he, he he after he established the fact that hey, I'm your spiritual father because I've begotten you through the gospel. Right through the gospel, it ain't about when you first got saved and gave your life to the Lord. No, we're not talking about I took you through a process because, see, again, Timothy was saved before Paul, historically. All right? And we got to know your church history, too. That's right. Timothy was saved before Paul. All right? All right? So, but but he still had to be got Timothy through the gospel after he got saved. That's it. All right? That means that he had to form him through a process, okay, to transition him fully in the kingdom of God. Right. All right. So it says, for this cause, I sent, to, sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son. So so there are levels of sonship, too. You understand? Mm -hmm. But the point is, a lot of you all are disappointed because you keep trying to make instructors fathers. Mm, come on. You keep trying to make instructors fathers. Listen, I've been disappointed in this area. Okay. Because people you admire, people you like, people who gave you a prophecy, people whose ministry you always wanted to follow. Okay, then you yes. start following, then you want to make them dad, but then they, they don't have dad qualities. No. 
you know, and, and and listen, just because you sit under a pastor, that don't mean they're your spiritual father either. No, just because they led you to the Lord and prayed with you down the Romans road doesn't mean that they're your spiritual father. Because shepherding and fathering are two different things. Mm -hmm. Now, father can have shepherd qualities, of course, but 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 see, your shepherd ain't your father. It's two, two different responsibilities. Right. Pastors, shepherds lead you to green pastures. Okay. They protect you from wolves and bears and all that other stuff. And that they protect you and they lead you in paths of peace. Okay. But fathers are the ones that raise you up to become something in the kingdom. Exactly. You, you don't get an inheritance from a shepherd. You get an inheritance from a father. Which brings us to our next point of you got to really hear from God and know for yourself yeah. whether or not, you know, somebody is supposed to be a spiritual parent um, in your life. I find that, you know, there's different schools of thought, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got some people, oh, well, you know, I believe that you're supposed to be able to pick your students. Your students, yes, but your spiritual children, that's a God-ordained relationship. Yeah. If somebody just rolls up in your life and said, God you says, you're supposed to be my spiritual son, you're supposed to be my spiritual daughter, and they're not willing to kind of fall back and allow you to have that confirmation from God for yourself, that's a red flag and that's a problem. No, that that's not a relationship that should feel <laughs> pressured. Yeah. That's not something you should be able to should just rush into haphazardly. It should be something that grows and develops over time. Remember that lady that cut us off and, and, and deleted us because uh, 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 at first, you know, we were just connected just to connect. But then, you know, she started hollering about uh, we were supposed to be her son and daughter. Yeah, that happened. Like that her? was like two different ladies. <laughs> I'm like, her? And like, that was something that. And, and here's the, the dynamic to that. When you are young in ministry and getting started, you know, yeah. we're, you know, I'm timeless, but, you know, even in our younger years, you know, because people would see what we had on our lives and they would see the anointing, a lot of people, oh, well, let, let me come cover them. Let me come parent them. I don't even know you. You, you really only want to be connected to really benefit. So you have to be, uh, mindful of that as you are navigating and you're growing and measuring stature before the Lord and the Lord is is growing you according to his timeline don't be don't allow any and everybody to claim you just because they're a big name or just because they're prominent and they're popular doesn't mean they all have bad intentions but rather everybody knows them or nobody knows them that doesn't mean that that is who God is assigning to you so you've got to be in prayer you've got to have that confirmation you've got to know it has to be and there should be a mutual confirmation from God both on your end as them being your spiritual parents and on their end uh for you being their spiritual son or daughter. Some of these jokers, I had to tell them like, I, I don't have, I don't need to submit to you. You need to submit to me. And people, oh well, the Lord told me no, that. He didn't. Well, He didn't tell me the same thing. So if we serve the same. Yes. God, like I said, God is not slow. All right. So if we're praying, we're reading the same Bible, and, and your translation may be a little different, but it says the same thing. All right. We're, we're serving the same God. How He gonna tell you and not tell me? Because I mean, I got to go along with it, right? But see, then you have these people that are so thirsty for sons and daughters. Everybody they meet, oh, oh, son, hey, son, hey, no, daughter, no. I correct them. We're, we're, we're not doing that. I ain't your son. We, we are okay, not doing that. <laughs> and, and then, you know, people would be so amazed. They would see the power. 
people would ask us how long you've been in ministry or where's your church located. First question people want to ask us, well, who's your covering right now? Right. You know, and this, that, that, oh, that's how they look on the outside, but really in the realm of the spirit, like, okay, well, who, who's your covering? Who's your covering? They, right. they just look like they got these little creepy Chester fingers <laughs> because they, they want to profit and benefit off of what's on your life. They and want that's, to take credit for it. Exactly. They want to take credit for something that they didn't develop. And, you know, it's like Paul told Timothy, do not despise your youth. Don't allow people to downplay you. Don't allow people to mistreat you. Don't allow people to casualize you. And certainly never allow anybody to disrespect you because of either how young or how seasoned you are. All right. Because we do see the reverse too. There's a lot of disrespect and, and just a lot of negativity that a lot of these younger leaders have towards those who are more seasoned and where you need to give honor and reverence for the path that they paved the way for you to be able to do what you have to do. So we'll get into that on another episode because there's some respect and apologies that need to happen on both, on sides, both sides so we can bridge the gap between the generations and be more effective in the kingdom. Some of y'all older leaders owe me an apology. Yes, <laughs> indeed. But that's all right. You know, the reality of it is you got to have that confirmation. Yes. Don't allow somebody to just to put the pressure on you and make you feel like you've got to come up under their wing just because they, just because you're young. You've got It's okay to say, okay, I'm still praying about that. I need confirmation. If they get mad and come all out of pocket, then it just lets you know that something was off in their motives as well. Fathering is something that shouldn't be forced. Ooh, that's good. That's See, good. a lot of people try to force fathering and they'll use that paternal language um, and use where you are to try to subjugate you uh, into something that's not even a part of your spiritual DNA. Mm. Okay. Mm -mm -mm. Not even part of it. Because see, when we talk about parenting, you talk about DNA, just like it's DNA in the natural, there's DNA in the spirit. Now, um, our son has, and our daughter has our features but they have their own personality. Yes. Right. So when it comes to spiritual parenting, you can have features of your spiritual father and mother, but if you're not allowed to come into your own personality, mm -mm. okay. If you're not allowed to develop and spread your wings, but they're trying to conform you to something that God has not Damn. ordained for your life. And for your ministry, because we got sons and daughters. I mean, they got our features and things like that, but they have their own unique expressions and their yes. and their own unique assignments because they're called to a specific people. Right. So we don't conform them to uh, our every little women way of doing things. No, that's that's control. It is. It is. And a lot of y'all submit to that. And we call that parenting. That's not parenting. That is slavery. Absolutely. So let's talk about some qualifications. I mean, after all, if, you know, what should you really look for in a spiritual parent? I think that's key because another thing is you might, you know, hear something or you might have had some type of little fabricated dream, you know, but I mean, the fruit speaks for itself. So first and foremost, you've got to be able to look for somebody that is humble. Right. Somebody who's yeah. supposed to be a spiritual parent, they should definitely have a level of humility about them. They definitely should have a level of meekness about yes. them. I think those things are definitely important. And they should not be somebody who 
is able to be a doormat. They should, by being humble in me, they should be prepared to stand up for themselves and stand up for, for you, you if need be. For you. Because you can be humble and meek and quiet, but ain't nobody finna come to me and tell me about one of my, no. But see, what you're not gonna do, you got somebody, well, you know, I don't understand what's wrong with Pastor Charles. We're just gonna pray that the Lord deals with his heart. No, you're not gonna cower in the corner when I need you to have my back on something. Those who know, and I can I, I can only use myself as an example. Those who know Lionel Blair, you don't mess with his children. No. Natural or spiritual. Mm -mm. I catch a charge. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just being raw and real a bit. <laughs> I will catch a charge. Don't you ever mess with one of mine's, because I will get you. Okay, and I got bail money. Plenty of. <laughs> I got plenty of bail money. Okay. So I will get you. So you don't, you don't, you don't mess with mine. And see, I feel myself going somewhere. But but, it's all but, right. it's but all right. if if a leader never stands up for you, that's it. And if a leader never covers you, I've covered sons and daughters even when they were wrong. Not cover up. Right. Cover. Love covers a multitude of sin. We're gonna deal with your sin. Somebody in that loves you shouldn't put all your business out no, on front street either. No. No, no, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to cover you, whether you're right or you're wrong, but we're going to deal with your wrong, okay? So you can't have no jellyback leader that don't want to deal with your stuff either because fathers and mothers also are able to administer discipline. Absolutely. So they, they got to be a student of the word because how are you going to be somebody's spiritual parent? Forget not knowing what your Bible means. You don't even know what your Bible say because you don't know how to read your Bible. You're not interested in reading your Bible. You haven't picked up your Bible since like I mean, come on. You have to be an avid student of the word. If they're not growing in the word, nobody's too anointed to grow in the word and forgot to stop giving them revelation and forgot to stop speaking to them. Right. You've got to continue to read your word. you got to continue to pray. You've got to continue to have a relationship with God. You should be a student of the world. You should be learning. You should be growing. If your message don't change, something's wrong. You know, I remember one time, you know, I was in a particular ministry and after a certain amount of years, it's like, okay, I've heard this before. The message was to a certain point, but then the message just started to recycle itself. It didn't change. Why? Because there was a plateau that was reached. And yes, you go through you know, dry seasons where God is shifting you, God is changing your direction, but you should be continuing to grow in your revelation as you grow in measure and stature before the Lord. The problem is when you come out of the secret place and you stop growing before the Lord, you start growing in popularity. Look at how God dealt with the fathers in scripture. And I think a lot of them are a good template uh, for what a re for for what we should expect in a spiritual father. Mm -hmm. Look at the deep experiences they've had with God. You know, look at the revelation that they uh, got from God and what they was able to pass on to the generations after them. We are still living off of Abraham's faith to this day. Come on. You understand what I'm saying? Fathers are able to lay up inheritance, blessings, revelation, okay, that will last generations. Mm. That will last generation. We're still talking about 
fathers and mothers of old. We're still talking about people like William J. Seymour. Come on. We're still talking about Catherine Kuhlman, Smith Wigglesworth, John Alexander Dowie, Mariah Woodworth Etter, uh, Amy Simple McPherson. We're still talking about people that we consider to be fathers and mothers and generals of the past. You understand? We're still talking about these people. We're still talking, of, many of us are still talking about the early church fathers. You know, we're still reading their writings and their materials until this day. See, a father is one that lays up inheritance for their children's children, not just naturally, but spiritually too. But they got to have something that's of depth and substance to sustain. See, a lot of you all are sitting under pastoral word, but you're not sitting under uh, a, 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 a fathering, apostolic fathering, progressive word that'll grow you up in your relationship with Christ. You're just, you're just at a certain place. That's why many of you are frustrated because now spiritually you're ready to be fathered, but you, but you're still being pastored. Okay, so it's time to graduate from the sheepfold to the household. Come on. Some people, some 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 Christians will never mature because the fathers are really for people who want to mature. That's it. And when I say fathers, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm including mothers too. Yes, fathers are for those who want to mature. Okay, shepherds are for those who will remain babies, but they still belong to God. Come on, God loved the babies so much that He made an office just for them. <laughs> okay. But when God says, when God starts leading you to a real spiritual father and mother, that means that you're ready to mature and go to the next level. Okay. You're ready to be raised to the next level because fathers and mothers raise people. Okay. They raise people to stand on their own. You understand what I'm saying? Not to keep you maintained and protected and just using the language of raising. Because, see, you got some pastors, they'll raise you to be something in the church, okay? But they're not really raising you to be anything in the kingdom. And that's two total different things. Let me not go too deep in that. I think that's a good place to pause right there. I mean, we've given them a lot to think about and definitely a lot to chew on uh, before they get to episode two. So listen, I want you guys to tell us in the comments, you know, how are you feeling about spiritual parents? Do you have spiritual parents? What are some of the questions that you have? What are some of the horror stories that you've experienced? And what are some of the success stories, right? Because we always talk about the bad, but we don't really talk about the good. Right. And if you have spiritual parents, I want you to write down in the comments, tell us who your spiritual parents are, you know, go ahead and give them a shout out and, and definitely,